are you? Good. How have you been? You know, I can't complain. Uh, things are good. Work's good. I'm busy. Things awesome. are good. How about you? Been going good. Um, I think we talked about it earlier today that I just recently moved um, to Canada for a year. So just like a couple of weeks back. So I'm still like settling in. Yeah. That's something we'll definitely want to touch on quite a bit because we don't get a whole lot of international, you know, from student to employee and then how that whole process works. So I know there's a lot of people that have questions on that that we'll definitely want to touch on. Yeah. I'm happy to um, share about that. Awesome. I love talking about my journey. So, well, hey, this is the right place to do it. We're looking forward to hearing it. <laughs> Perfect. I want to start with like, where did your like love for games start and when did you first know that you wanted to be involved in game development yeah um so um it was like six years old and uh my brother he bought a sega genesis 16-bit and he was um you know involved in the um virtual fighter game a lot so mm. i used to like come home from school and like you know play with him and my parents kept telling me that I never looked at a game as a game. I used to always ask, like, you know, how all the characters inside the game moved um, and all those questions, which they kind of like started to realize that, you know, maybe probably one day I might be um, super interested in this field. And um, as I kept pursuing my education and everything, I realized at one point of time, I was only drawn towards games. Like, you know, as a kid, you know, a lot of, a lot of people love dolls and all that, but then I always ended up only asking for like, you know, consoles and like, you know, um, different games. And I never um, stuck in particular to like, you know, one genre. So I used to like play uh, different genres. And that's when, when I started to like play, I think when I was around like 15 years old, 14, 15 years old, that's when I was um, not just playing it for like, you know, entertainment sake, but I was also like looking a lot into um, you know, how exactly the environment is, mm. like how the players are moving. I started to like, you know, research about it. And um, that's when I figured out that I have a big passion. Nice. Um, to know, like, you know, what exactly I need to do to get into uh, a game industry. Yeah. So what, what was that like? Like at what, at what age did you decide, you know what, this is something I actually want to do and am starting to think about doing. Um, I think it was right about when, um, I joined my undergrad. So when I joined my undergrad in information technology engineering, um, I was pretty much aiming for like visual communication. So I did not know what exactly I wanted to do, um, in the game industry, but I was very passionate about like animation, um, development side. And, um, some part of me always said that, you know, I wanted to be in like, you know, a producer position. So like, as I started to like research and learn about everything, that's when I realized, okay, yeah, I need to like, you know, have a degree that gives me like, you know, a um, bit about like, you know, programming and then like, I still learn about like the IT world and everything. So I think that's where it was like about like second year into my degree program. Um, this was when I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. Okay. And then how... Like, what was that path like for you? What what did that decision then mean for you to, to like, set you on the right path to, to be able to do it? Um, honestly, it was, like, I mean, I was struggling 
because I I did not know anybody like especially I did not know um, any other women who were there in the game industry. Um, to begin with, I was a bit scared, so I was like, okay, what am I going to get myself into? How am I going to get my foot in the door? And um, what what do I need in order to like actually like you know get to this place? So that's when I was researching um, sometime like close to um, I think end of graduation was when I came about like full sale. Mm. So um, I I was like trying to find out like a contact and then I came through um, an agency in Chennai like that's where I'm from and um, they actually helped me to connect with a person named um, Anu. Um, she works um, for Full Sail but okay. she's in India so she kind of like gave me a good idea about um, what's like you know the deg- different degree programs related to gaming and. Um, what I needed to do in order to get into full sale, like what are the things I need to apply. And um, then she connected me with a couple of people. She asked me to like, you know, um, talk to some people on LinkedIn. And I went on to LinkedIn, connected with a couple of people, just understood like, you know, what different degree programs look like. And so that's when I realized, okay, um, I want to get into like master's in game design. And then like hearing about the different tracks, I was like, okay, producer is what I want to do. So all right. Interesting. And so, yeah, and that, that production degree was right up your alley, I think. And yeah, and that was pretty clear when we had some of our earliest conversations that that was where you wanted to be, right? But, th- but it's tough when you're thinking about, you know, getting into the industry. If you have loves in different parts of what, you know, of what's going to be, you know, there's a lot of options, right? And it's, sometimes mm-hmm. it's hard to kind of pick which one sounds the best to you. Actually, honestly speaking, yeah, uh, because I'm someone, I'm good at art too. So um, I was super drawn towards like 3D modeling. So I was thinking like, you know, maybe I should also um, take up like the 3D artist track um, because I, I started to like, you know, model like environment props um, and then I like in Maya and um, I really liked um, texturing. So I was at one point of time and plus I'm international, right? So it, there's a lot of challenges when it comes to um, uh, job hunting when you come into a new country and you have to like stand out really well. So I, I had like um, two things I had in mind. One was either I'm going to take like the artist track or I'm going to take the production track. So this is where I was at and I was making sure that I was like learning both these skill sets in a balanced way so that, um, you know, when I apply for jobs, I can like apply for both and uh, whichever hits first, I'll get in. Nice. That's interesting. Yeah, when I Thank when you. I got into the industry, it was like there weren't a lot of options as far as you know degrees went. So I was like, I'm going to learn game development. But throughout mm-hmm. game development, I was like, I'm not like I'm I'm good at programming, but I don't enjoy programming. So mm-hmm. that was where the move to design was the right one for me, and it's worked out. You know, I can't complain. So yeah, I think I remember speaking with you um, during I think it was Hall of Fame um, back in 2019, I guess. So I was talking to you um, like a couple of uh, months before that, and then we kept connecting again and again. But um, that's when you were telling me because I was confused. Remember, like I was like, you know, hey, I want to do production, but at the same time, I have um, these skill sets too. So that's when you were like, you know, you can always get into uh, being a 3D artist and then like, you know, work your way up to become like an art producer. So um, that kind of like opened my eye and I was I was like, okay, so now I, I have a path. And then now I want to see what else I can do with this path. And I kept like, you know, researching, researching, researching and, and learning. And I was like doing as much as I can 
um, thanks to the capstone that we have at Full Sail that um, really helped me to like, you know, uh, brush up my facts on, on what I learned before, as well as like, um, what, what else I was learning through the degree program that actually helped me to be where I am today. Nice. Yeah, no, that's great. I, I remember our conversations and I, I have a bad memory, but I, I think I remember all of our conversations because your like your drive and like your, your determination were two things that were always very clear to me. Right. It was, it was not, it, it was not, can I do this? It was, how am I going to do this? Right. And what's the right way to do this? And what's the best way for me to get there? I love those conversations and, uh, and, you. and you continue to, to, you know, to continue and, and do your career the way that you want to do it, which I love. So it's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Um, it was, I mean, trust me, I think, um, meeting you and a couple more people that I know of, um, not just pertaining to like, you know, the game degree program, but also, um, with like, um, like, like Jack Geckler, for example, mm -hmm. um, he, he was from a different degree program and then Leslie. So learning from all of you people, like, you know, what your experience was and what challenges you faced and, and like, what are the things that you did in order to figure out where you wanted to be uh, in your industry? I think those are the lessons that, that really helped me a lot uh, as I was uh, going through my journey into like getting into the industry. So huge kudos to all of you. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. And those guys are awesome. And the nice thing is the entertainment industry, right? Like there's so much similarity across the different mediums. So, mm -hmm. and they operate similarly, at least, at least a little bit enough to where you can understand like, Oh, this, this path and method works over there. It might not be the same over here, but at least I understand kind of how people think and, and how people work. And that, that stuff is super valuable, especially when you're talking to someone that is at the height of their career, like say Leslie is, you know, like it's, there's some, there's some great wisdom you can grab there for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, and it was not just like, um, pertaining to like, you know, um, how exactly I need to get things done. Uh, but also like, um, the, the, the stories, the experience that they have, the, the struggles that they yeah. faced, right. That's what I think was the most important uh, lesson that I learned. And that's what got me through. And, and because, you know, I know it's not an easy journey. It's definitely like a big roller coaster ride that I had the last couple of years uh, in order to be where I am today. So I, during those times, that's all that kept me going was to like, you know, like all the, all the stories that I heard and, and the challenges and like how exactly they tackled it. So that's what helped me to, you know, um, get into the role that I want to as well. Yeah, that, that totally makes sense. Yeah. I want to touch a little bit on your, your time at Full Sail. So you, 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 so there's an online program, but it, I don't think that you had an option for doing game design uh, masters online, right? No, because um, especially when you're coming um, from some other country, right? Like being international, you have to be on campus in order to get a visa to be in the U.S. So uh. That was one of the major things. And plus, I think it was only like on-campus degree program when I was there in 2018. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah. I, I believe that's right. I'm, I'm actually not even sure if it's online available now, is it? I don't, I'm not sure. Oh, I, I heard it is. I, I think it might be. Um, yeah. 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 Okay. So, but it sounds like your goal was to physically be in the U.S. outside of just being here for school. Like you, your hope was to kind of work here. Yeah, because... um. Um, it's, it's like, I've been traveling to the U S from the age of eight, 
and one of the main reasons is my aunt who lives here oh. um she's in virginia and she's one of my biggest um how do i say like pillar of support so mm-hmm. she's the one who always like keeps motivating me and she says you know you have to come here one day because i can see a lot of drive in you and and i'm sure you'll stand out really well and um this is and this country especially um has a lot of scope for entertainment industry so and i know that this is where i also wanted to be um to become more successful um like you know i didn't have that bit big of a luck back home um so i did do a couple of things back home uh, with my undergrad but um i know this is also a land of opportunities so that's why <laughs> I, i fixed my mind a couple of years back that i this is where i want to be That's nice. I I want to meet that aunt someday. I love it when you have a family member that like encourages you that way. It was a cousin yeah. for me. Like the whole reason I'm doing this is because my cousin like brought me down to Full Sail, let me live with him. You know, like it was he really really kind of enabled me to to get started and that that's a big big part of it for me. Definitely. Yeah, if it wasn't for her, uh my grandfather i wouldn't be here uh doing this right now because they were like my biggest support and they always encouraged me to uh, pursue my dream so they were like you know don't worry about who says what like it's what you want to do go do that and whether it's going to be a success or it's not going to work out doesn't matter at least you'll have the satisfaction that you tried so um that that's what like uh, motivated me also to come here nice that's that's a great perspective Thank so you. was there a bit of a culture shock when you got to school like full sail is an intense program right like there there's a lot that's required of you on top of like you know your own personal kind of you know agenda and and the things that you want to do on top of what's required so i it, i imagine it had to be a bit of a of a change for you to kind of jump in and and be in that environment yeah from being a tourist to actually like coming and living here it it was <laughs> a big challenge actually um first thing i i mean don't get me wrong but i was like okay you know what i've already traveled like a couple of years so i don't think this is going to be that tough and it's going to be a piece of cake so the first thing that hit me was um so i i'm used to like living around a lot of people back home um with like relatives and my dad's siblings and all that so it was like all of a sudden i was just in my apartment like it struck me like when i went to first day to school i went attended my classes i got back and then i just came to a empty house so that was the first shock uh. <laughs> um, that i had and um and then i was like okay what am i going to do because i don't know to cook i have never done laundry by myself so that was two major things that i needed to like you know seriously learn um <laughs> while i was here so it was a big shock for me i was like oh my goodness i need to do things by myself because of how much we are babied at home uh, back home so it it was like that was one challenge that i need to do because like you know studying yes even like studying for that matter uh, back home we had a lot of um we say like tuition centers where we can like go and learn um apart from what we study at school so I was like okay I have to like self learn that's the biggest task because I I spent pretty much my entire time like playing games back home right after school so I was like okay either way it's going to be my granddad or 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 your my dad or my mom who's going to sit and like you know teach me when exams are nearing but now it's like I have to manage all my schedule myself that um that was one of the biggest shocks but um one good thing was i'm an extrovert so i really enjoyed meeting people 
and I really, really loved um, the interaction that I had. And, and and one thing I was really grateful for was I'm glad I did this degree program way before COVID happened. So yeah. I was able to like actually get the in-person interaction and, and being part of all the events that happen and like, you know, speak with grants and all that. But to begin with, it was a big culture shock. And um, International Student Society actually helped me get through most of it. So um, even being part of that was was actually very helpful for me. Yeah, that's uh, that's really, really nice, right? Like having those kind of common groups, you know, or people that, that have similar situations to kind of work through that kind of thing. That's mm-hmm. that's really nice. That that goes a long way. Because what, what's the time difference between you and your family currently? Um, so it's, I think, 12 hours. Um, so right now it's like 4.30 here. It's like 5 a.m. back home. Okay. Yeah, see, that's... Yeah. That makes it really difficult, right? Because like when you're yes. heading to bed, they're waking up, you know, those kind of things are happening and that support structure is limited, you know, like yeah. af- apart from even being already, you know, physically absent. So that mm-hmm. it's really nice that you can find and, and those kind of groups are, are available to help, you know, and, and those, the nice thing about, and I've only been to Full Sail University, but I know that the kind of things they have, there's groups for everyone, right? You know, mm-hmm. like whatever you wherever you came from, whatever you're interested in, whatever, like it's, it's really nice that you can find common ground and people going through the same situation that you are. Exactly. Yes. And, um, that was one of the main challenges, like, you know, speaking to family back home because of the time difference and half the time, like, um, after I come back home done with my assignments, I'm like dead tired. I go and crash and then they're, they're wondering like, is she alive or is she, something happened to her because I don't pick, <laughs> pick up calls. Like, you know, I, I turn off my internet and I just crash and, and then I, in the morning when I wake up, I'm like, you know, hey, hi. So <laughs> that, that's what was a big um, adjustment for me, my family, and especially uh, back then, uh, my fiance. So now we're married. So Yeah, I, I'm glad you brought that up because that, that is a huge thing as well, right? Like you, you moved away from your significant other, right? Like that, yeah. that's a, that is a humongous change and and takes a certain level of of determination and, but also you know belief in in, in what you're doing right so I, I imagine that was not an easy decision yeah i mean it i mean to be honest i joke about it all the time because we are like cats and dogs like you know fighting all the time and and, <laughs> and like you know with, with long distance i'm like oh my goodness what am i gonna do like you know because Every time we start a conversation, we have something or the other to argue about. And then it was not going well in like, you know, over phone call. And I was like, you know, and plus we get to only see each other once a year because he wasn't able to come here. Um, His visa kept getting delayed. So we did this for like almost four years until like last month, he was finally able to move with me permanently. So it was a big challenge. So he's with you now? Yeah, he's with me now. I did not realize that. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. That's he just great. moved here permanently last uh, month. He he was able to visit last year uh, for a couple of months, and then he came back this year. But then, like maximum, he can only stay here for like five, six months. So he had to like go back home every time, and then they like, come back here. And now he's more permanent here, which is it's a good thing. That's so, great. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. But yeah, it was a challenge. It was a very big challenge, and. And definitely um, his support also meant a lot to me because it was not easy 
um, I got engaged and then I came here, but then I had to run back um, to get married in 2019. <laughs> and I think it was just like three weeks I was there after my wedding. I had to like come back. So that, that like pissed him off big time. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's uh. This industry is hard on relationships at times, or it can yeah. be. But yours is compounded, right? Like you've got a, a whole lot of extra variables that those those of us who you know were born and raised here don't have to deal with. True. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. So I think in a way also that um, for me especially, like back home, I wasn't very serious about things. Um, I like that's one of my reasons is like my dad, um, he, he gave us a pretty good life. So he, he still does. But, um, one thing I was like, you know, I did not, how do I say? Like, I, I wasn't like this firm in where I wanted to be when I was back home. I was like, okay, I'm going to give it a shot. And, um, I always like craved to be independent and do things on my own. So I, one thing I really love about this country and like living here is that, you can actually like really become very independent and do a lot of things on your own that you cannot do back home. Mm. So those are the things that I learned a lot over here. And even when my time at Full Sail, like um, Deanna was one of my, uh, I was a big fan of her, super um, awesome mentor. So she pretty much taught me how like, you know, crazy life can be over here. Like, you know, um, how much we have to put in efforts and how the work ethics are and um, how much you have to like, you know, um, be independent like because I, I still kept uh, being very dependent on like you know what my dad would say for this or like you know what my uh, fiance would think and I was a bit hesitant on taking decisions when I was here um, doing a lot of things like you know moving to places or like you know traveling and like finding work and just trying to be in my comfort zone but I think a lot of that I really had had to learn because that was also one of my uh, you know things that I had to like learn uh, part of my life um, journey. So, which was a very good thing because my dad did not really take me seriously before. So um, <laughs> once I started to show him that, um, you know, I can do all this by myself, um, he now has greater respect for what I do and um, how I am and how I lead life right now, which is actually a big achievement for me, um, part of my life. So. Yeah. That that is awesome. I, I really like that. It's funny how mm -hmm. how memorable those moments can be. Is I, I yeah. had the same one where like my my parents obviously don't really understand what what I do, right? Like I can try to explain it to them, but I remember when I got my job at Oddworld and my dad, when I told him about it, he goes, Can you do the work? And I was like, Yeah. He's like, Great. You know, like, like it's to him, it's like, are you capable? Cause it sounds great. If you're capable, this is awesome. And I'm like, yes, it's, I, I can do it. We're good. He's like, awesome. Let's do, let's go. So <laughs> yeah, pretty much I experienced pretty much the same because, um, I think it was, it was in 2017 when I started to apply for colleges in the U S and, um, uh, my dad, he, his business, um, requires him to like keep traveling and I only get to see him once a month. So since the time I was born. So I didn't, I didn't spend pretty much, uh, too much time with him throughout my life. And, um, he's also very overprotective. So the moment I went up to him and I said like, you know, Hey, what, uh, I'm going to go apply and, um, you know, I want to do my master's in gaming. So I'm, I'm looking at these colleges and these degree programs. And the first thing that came out of his mouth was like, so all these years you spent time playing games and now you want that as your profession. <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> that's where it hit me i was like oh i did not expect this coming uh my way and then i was like i can do it and he was like how many women do you know are there in this particular degree program and like how many have you seen successful um and i was like you know what there are a lot of people who are successful but i also want to be one of them and i i want to like i have a lot of skills that i want to like showcase and i want to make a difference in the world so i definitely want to go because he was against me coming here so it took a it took some time for me to like convince him but then i got the um you know admission at full sail and then i went to him and was like you know what i got accepted so i have to leave <laughs> yeah so i love that i mean it it's I'm a sorry. valid concern for him right like it's yeah. uh you know especially in an industry that he he doesn't know and understand you know and mm -hmm. but it's uh but this is definitely an industry that takes the kind of determination that you're talking about and or at least to do well yeah and i think i i, I definitely understood where he was coming from uh, given the time we spent um together and how much um you know he's been like doing a lot for my family and uh and he's been like you know always on the run and i know with what i do on a day to day basis um he doesn't understand much but i kind of like sat down i i showed him a couple of games actually and played uh with him and then i showed him and then i was like you know it would be really cool to have this as a job and he understood after a, after a while and he was like completely supportive after that but his main concern was like you know how am i going to be by myself and take care of like not only myself but studying and everything So I think by the time I graduated he at least visited me like two to three times to make sure I was okay. So So yeah, it, I'm I'm grateful for everything he's done till date and and I I want to make him proud and be too. So I um I'm working really hard in a way to like you know achieve my dreams. That's that's all a parent can ask for, right? It's speaking from experience, right? So I don't know if you know this, but my son is starting at full sale on Monday. I saw that. So, I think he had posted on Facebook for a while. Yeah. So, so like it. it's yeah. so so I get it a little bit, right? Like <laughs> it, it's it's wild just to think about, you know, that your child is now going to go off on their own and try to do something they care about instead of just finding a job to, you know, to survive. Like I yeah. I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing him, you know, kind of head toward that kind of experience like I had because my no one in my family did that. Everybody did a job, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah. I'm I'm all about the find something that you love to do. Like to this day I love what I do. Same here. So that it, I mean this is where I wanted to be and I'm happy that I'm here because um every like you know life before coming here I was like I mean to be very honest um I wasn't like enjoying too much of what I was doing but um now I have like zero regrets like I'm I wake up with a smile on a Monday morning and happy throughout the week in like every project that I work on and with every team that I work on for mm. so I'm like really happy now I love it I love it Thank you So let's let's back up a little bit and talk about how you got there right because now yeah. you're you're here you're at full sale and the the master's program is 12 months for those that don't know it's a pretty intense you know get this thing done type of thing you already had your bachelor's and you come in for this what was your overall experience like i was shocked to be very honest i was like how am i going to learn everything in like 12 months 
That was like, <laughs> that was like question number one for me. Like the first day I met Robin Coleman, I was like, I, and and she was telling about like you know how the course is gonna be and what we're gonna do each month and what we're gonna learn. And I was uh, my friend Ajay. Um, he was one of my best friends um, during my time at Full Sail, and and he was studying with me. I looked at his face and I was like, seriously. How am I going to get through this? I had four years in my undergrad and I struggled a lot to like get through, even though I had like at least two, three months for like each subject. <laughs> I was like one subject each month. And we have to like learn about that, like at least like entirely. Right. So, but then every, every class, it was really fun as well as very interactive and hands-on learning I think the most that helped me was the hands-on learning experience. I think it's something that's most needed um, for any degree program. And I'm glad that Full Sail focuses mainly on that because um, that's how I was able to understand and learn the concepts because I did not have any knowledge on, um, you know, how a game was developed before I came to Full Sail. So I did learn about the engines. Um, I kind of know how everything works on an overall basis, but like to go in depth and understand about how each, um, you know, part of the game development process works was, was really, really fantastic. And, and coming from like, you know, grads like who shared their experience with us, because I remember um, when I was in like month four in Robin Coleman's class, um, she invited a couple of grads from the industry and she asked them to give us a talk. And we kind of like um, understood about like how their journey was and what they learned and how they are actually like um, applying it in their course, in their work right now. So um, all that really helped us. And uh, with the capstone project, like, you know, working on the studio, like it's like you're actually going and working in a company. So that six months of experience was was definitely, definitely very useful because we worked as a team. We built a game. Uh, we launched it, so it was it was really good. Man, that so you, I think you just described the the thing that sets Full Sail apart, in my opinion. And for those that are listening, watching, this this is absolutely not not a Full Sail stream, right? Like like this is this is about us, but this is a big part of what you know how we got where we are. And I think the biggest thing is that that hands on, not not just hands on, but the completion of a project. Right, because closing, actually finishing something in game development is really hard. Like, it's really hard. There's so many people who do side projects or whatever, and they get, you know, halfway there, whatever. That last 30% is really, really difficult. Yeah. And um, I, talk of, I talk about Full Sail a lot. The reason why is because... That's where um, I, as a person, changed a lot and I was able to, like, you know, build my career from there. So that was, like, a major starting point for me and I got all my support from there. So anywhere I talk about what I do and how successful I am right now is because of all the learnings and the people from Pulsil who have given me their support and their time till now. So that's why you hear a lot about that. <laughs> <laughs> It's important, right? Like yeah. networking on its own is super important in this industry. And you had the ability to, to network with a lot of really cool people before you even graduated. Yeah. And trust me, back home, I, I didn't even know about the term networking. So I know I, I used to reach out 
and talk to people, but not like how I did it in full sale and how I learned how to do networking in full sale. So that and and like you know, I have like top five questions that I ask people and and how exactly you should like um you know put yourself out there. That's how Diana turned it. She's like you know put yourself out there, talk about yourself. Um, you know that's how you learn about what people are doing and what challenges they faced and how they are um you know in today's um industry and what they are like you know um, achieving right now and that's how you can also learn and in the future like give back the same way so i think um with the i think i network with more than like 50 60 grads and i still see how they are progressing in the industry and from time to time i get to speak with a couple of them so i'm in touch with a lot of people and uh, learning from their experience has made me a better person in the industry today so you know you said something that that i don't touch on enough when when people ask for advice on networking because usually my advice to people is get ask someone about themselves because everyone knows how to talk about themselves right and that that is my my biggest piece of advice but the thing that you've kind of touched on here is opening yourself up to someone makes them comfortable doing the same right and so that that starts that sharing of information and like real information you know and that that's really yeah. nice thank you thank you yes um i i do talk about like you know where i'm from um what i'm doing and what i've achieved before and uh, what are a couple of projects that i've worked on before so that kind of like gives them like a an insight of who i am yeah. and where i'm from and what i'm doing and makes them more comfortable to like you know share some tips for me as to how i can pursue my career here so that's how i was able to like interact with a lot of people and and learn yeah that totally makes sense thank you so as you were finishing up your time in school how mm-hmm. what was your thought process on applying for your first position in the industry how did you go about that Yeah, one thing everybody scared me about was like, no, apply six months before. Don't wait till the last day. So I think I started to um, job hunt like six months before graduation, and I was, um, you know, the things that I did not know. One were like, you know, how to have your resume done. So I kind of had like a basic one from back home. um i reached out to like uh, career development that's another thing that i really have to mention about because um career development at full sail has like seriously done a great job in helping us build our resume and like you know connecting us with grads close to graduation and getting us the opportunity because mark is one of my heroes at uh, full sail he um like literally i think i was working in bts and which is behind the scenes store so i was working as a tour guide um as a part time job and i was uh, studying at full sail and um when i was i think it was close to the end of the session and i met uh, uh eric patrick over there so after that um that's when i kind of like learned about an internship opportunity that was opening up in um epic games mm. so i immediately uh, emailed like my uh, career advisor and she connected me to mark and mark at like think it was on a saturday and it was like at the very last moment i was able to get in and submit my resume uh before that like uh kendra she helped me build my resume and everything and um i think the interview that happened there spot on on saturday was the one that got me into the job like i mean 
I was I was like, you know what? I don't know if this is going to happen because it's a really huge um, company and it's it's my first uh, time in the industry. So, I mean, I was like 50-50, but then I gave it a shot and um, we had like a really great conversation. I think two weeks from then, Eddie got back to me and he said, I want you to talk to my senior producer and um, have like an interview with her. So, and everything goes well after that, you're in for the internship and nice. like in all tears after that. So. Was that so, after you had graduated? No, it was way before graduation. Okay. I graduated with my internship in hand. I love that. Yeah. Nice. All Thank right. You. So so let, let's talk about that. So you, you graduate. And so it sounds like you graduate and then you, you took off right after graduation to do this? or Yeah. Okay. Um, so being international, you have to work, wait for like your work permit. Um, card. Um, it's called an EAD card. So we have to wait for that in order to go start officially working for an employer. So um, I waited like I think max two weeks um, for that to like come in. But I already had my offer letter and everything. So I waited for like two weeks and and then I left to North Carolina right after that too. Nice. So let, let's talk about internships in general. Um, yeah. So what was the structure of this one? Was it a set amount of time and then, you, but they brought you on. And so there, there's different ways this happens, right? Like I'm, I'm not a fan of unpaid internships at all. I assume this was a paid one. And was there like housing and stuff involved in this or was it um, like, how was it structured? Yeah. Um, so it was a paid internship and um best part was they had they gave us housing so didn't have to worry about anything for like six months it was a fixed time so i had like uh for six months the internship it started somewhere around i graduated on june 2019 and uh, this one started right next month like so july through um december 2019 okay. nice yeah and, right and, and i you... was working for the unreal engine ray tracing team okay very cool and so what, I mean, I, I don't know how much you can say, but what, what was that experience like? Cause now you're, you're jumping in working with one of the biggest companies in the industry, right? Like you're, yeah. were, were, did you work closely with anyone you already knew? Um, no, honestly, I only knew Eddie from school. I know that he was from full sale. So, because I already met him there. Um, but other than that, I did not know anybody there. Um, I know there were already like full sale guys who were working at Epic, but I did not any of them but it was a really good experience and i think the one that i really needed to uh needed in order to you know uh, proceed my career in like different um companies but um it was very intense like you know i was shadowing eddie most of the times i took on like a couple of projects um one of them were like hair and fur features too for real engine 5 and um, on top of that was like one of the biggest and exciting projects that I worked on. And on top of that, um, like, you know, helping with the bug tracking and, and like, you know, uh, managing like the development team of like, I think six people were there at that point of time. So helping them uh, with their tasks and everything were one of my, another, like, I think the top, I think top few projects that I worked on. So. It was really cool and, and also getting to like, you know, uh, be in the review room and watch um, the trailer for like, you know, games and stuff was like very exciting. So <laughs> I think that was something I really needed. Nice. And so, so that you said that was six months and six months. Yeah. So was there 
um, how many different, like, what was the cycles like there? Was it something you were doing different each month or did you do one thing over the whole course of it? Like, how was it kind of structured? So every two months, once I was doing something different. Okay. Yeah. And, but then this one project here in progress, I think I started, uh, in month three and that lasted for throughout my internships. That was the main thing that I focused on. And going into it, what was your level of familiarity with the Unreal Engine? Zero. Zero? Yeah. That, and that, yeah, that's because, fine. Yeah. And that was completely fine because I had good knowledge on Unity and Unreal Engine. I just know how it works. And um, I knew the difference between Unreal and Unity. So at that point of time, that was the thing that was I was like very honest about. It's, it's always good to be very honest during your interview mm -hmm. um, as to what you know and what you don't know. And so that you can like, you know, have that learn and growth mindset when you are entering the industry or like for any particular company, because that's what they appreciate the most. I think one of the key points that they mentioned um, why they chose me was I had a, um, a, a keen interest for like, you know, learning and growing within the company. So yeah. that's that's what got me in. Yeah, that that is a big deal. You know, a lot like seeing your pa pa showing your passion, like I, I think it is a big deal because. The thing that that's interesting is all of this stuff can be taught, right? Like yeah. nobody's going to expect you to come in, hit the ground. They don't need to teach you anything. You just do the job, right? That's not the point of an internship. It's about mm -hmm. learning who you are, how you fit, you know, what, yeah. what are you capable of? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and to be honest, like I met people from other teams and uh, they shared like the same passion that I have for accessibility in gaming and, um, I was able to like, you know, learn from other people about how they are actually utilizing um, the Unreal Engine and the tool side to make it more accessible, friendly for um, differently able people. All right. I want to touch on that a little bit. It sounds like, and I'm going to, I'm just going to ask this question and I'll see if you yeah. have an answer to it. What yeah. is your passion in game development? Like, what is the thing that you most want to work on, help with, make better? Yes, I, every day I get to work, the only thing that is there in the top of my mind is how we can make a game um, accessibility friendly. So how everybody who, even who are differently able can uh, be able to play games as how we are playing. So that's the most important thing that runs in my mind every time I work with the studio, um, I'm, I'm looking into a concept, like a game concept and seeing like, you know, does it have accessibility features? So that's what that's what I want to do like going forward as well like I want to focus more on the accessibility side and that's that's pretty much the passion that I have in gaming I love it have you met Tara Volker yet I have she's a very busy person <laughs> but I've heard a lot of uh, things about her she's working uh, with one of the teams that I'm working side by side with at Microsoft all right yeah she's a I've known her for a long time she's been on here a couple of times she's Whenever I think of accessibility, she's the first person that comes to mind. So if yeah. you guys haven't really connected, I want to make sure you do. We'll, we'll, we'll get you guys to, to talk because she's, she's such a good resource and she loves it so much. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm actually like, so one of her bosses is like a really good friend of mine. And um, he did mention that he'll connect me with her soon. And I know she's working on a lot of projects right now. So I'm hoping to like get to speak with her sometime soon. Okay. That sounds good. Yeah, you definitely should. Absolutely. Yeah. I've seen her work actually. 
from time to time, um, I'm part of an accessibility group. So I kind of see, um, like, you know, um, the documents that she builds in order to educate people who don't know about that. And then a lot of speakers that she invites um, because accessibility has like various, um, you know, how do I say, like there are like different scenarios. So um, even people who cannot hear or who cannot see properly. So there are like a lot of categories. So um, she kind of like gives us sessions with like people who have different challenges and um, we kind of like learn from them. And she's she's doing a lot on that space, to be very honest. So yeah. I, I really yeah. admire her for Nice. Yeah, no, she absolutely. That's, that's what I think about when I think of her or when I think of that, I think of her, I guess I should say. <laughs> yeah. All right. Is there anything before I, I've got a series of questions I want to ask that I call the dev round, but I think a good time to do that's going to be during our transition from Epic to whatever's next. So is there anything else about your time at Epic? You want to make sure that you, you mention or talk about anything on your mind? Um, nothing that's running at the top of my mind, but learning from Aerie was definitely very, very helpful for me. So I think that makes me also be a better uh, organized person at work. So, yeah, that's totally understandable. Yeah. He's super organized. So I learned a lot <laughs> about that from him. I've been trying to get him on here. I need to reach out to him again. He's a busy man. Yeah, yeah he is. <laughs> But yeah, um, I don't have anything else at the top of my mind. Okay. All right. So these questions are the dev round and I ask all of my guests these and, okay. uh, I, I think they're fun. So you, you ready for the first one? Yeah, sure. All right. What is your favorite game of all time and why? Oh, that's a really good one. Um, it's. I have way too many, but then this is the one that came at the top of my mind. It's like EA Sports uh, built a cricket game back in 20, 2005. I played so, that game. Yeah. <laughs> so back home in India, like uh, we're huge um, on that. So I really enjoyed that. And I used to like play it in real life. So I enjoyed playing that game the most. That was one of the major games that I like, you know, I was super fixed into. So All right. That's a, that's definitely a first time for that answer. So, yeah. and it might be the only time I get that answer. Okay. <laughs> no, yeah. no, I love it. I think it's great. Thank you. All right. So this one, we'll probably end up touching on this a little bit, but when did you first feel like you had made it in game development? Um, that's a really great question. I think when I first, so I'm with the publishing side right now. Um, so when I helped uh, my, like the couple of studios that I work with, I published um, three games, I think um, three months or two months into the role. So I think that's when I was like, yay. And I got those physical discs um, on my desk one day when I went into work. So I was like, that's when I felt like, okay, yeah, now I made it. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seeing something like being handed a physical copy of something you contributed to is a really big deal. Like a really big deal. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Thank you. All right. What advice would you give to someone who's looking for their first job in the industry? Um, 
I always say this first thing is network learn from a lot of people as many people as you can because networking is one of the key points that helped me get into the industry learning from other people's experience um be very active on linkedin um, linkedin like you know will do wonders in many ways uh, and being connected with uh, people in the industry and constantly trying to like you know um whatever projects you do like voicing out on linkedin has definitely helped me get more attention and uh, like you know more how do i say uh, more mentorship as well like a lot of people were willing to also like mentor me and um, also looking and like playing more games most important <laughs> playing more games whether you finish it or not like having experience of playing different genres and um trying to like you know understand how everything works is is definitely one of the most important things that i've noticed uh which made a big impact in my career so you know i don't hear that advice often enough um i i agree with you i think it's super important and it's something i struggle with just finding time to play because staying up on industry you know current industry things and seeing how mm-hmm. you know games are 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 working and how they're getting information across to players that stuff's yeah. really important. Really important. Trust me, because I've I've been through like six, seven rounds of interview, and the questions that came my way were mind blowing. So that was also <laughs> one of the reasons. That was also one of the reasons why I got into like you know playing more games frequently because of that. I had stopped uh, in the middle, like after my uh, degree program, and I started to work. I was not playing like uh, I used to play like ten hours a day. So oh wow, um, yeah. So like that that. um hard gamer so um and then i i put a full stop to that because i was focusing more on my work and then when i started to again apply and like um you know get into interviews and the questions that came my way i was like you know what i'm going to go i'm going to play i i bought like 10 different games and i was like playing so, so yeah <laughs> <laughs> wow 10 hours a day that's uh i haven't done that since i was unemployed last so trust me my my dad that was one of the reasons why he took my ps4 so <laughs> yeah and and then and then i went to him and i was like you know what i'm going to do my degree in this and he was like okay take it back <laughs> so yeah all right all right this next question is is a little bit of a thinker mm-hmm. if you were born in the year 1870 what kind oh, of job okay. or career do you think you would have had 1870. Oh, that's way before I was even born. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> It's over a hundred years uh, before I was born. So. Right. I I don't even know how. Oh wow. Mm. I love this question because I think it's thought provoking. Basically, yeah, what would is. you do if there was no electricity? Is what it boils it down is. to, right? <laughs> Now I have to like go back to 1870 and think what. Well, what was there and what was not there? So, um, okay, just random. Okay, so I'm I'm a big foodie, so I I love trying new restaurants and like eating food. Probably I would have been in a job that, like you know, pays me for just going and trying out new restaurants and and then food and stuff. But I don't know. You want to be like um, a food critic? Yeah. All right. for the newspaper which is like the only method of information exactly yeah I, yeah exactly 
All right. It's the first time I've gotten that answer too. I like it. Yeah. Thank you. All right. What about if you were born in 2070? Imagine what you think it's going to be like, you know, 50 years from now. What kind of thing would you want to do? Oh, um, definitely be in gaming. So, yeah. um, but I know it's going to be all like VR and AR, um, like, you know, probably by 2070. So definitely in um, gaming. So. I mean, at that point, we're talking like full immersion experience, probably, right? Mm -hmm. Like yeah. Ready Player One, we're inside of some kind of simulation. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that is wild to me. Like just. Yeah. <laughs> Ready Player One. Um, Troy, all these movies, and and even the one that came right now, Free Guy, right? Yeah. Free Guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen Free that yet, but I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was like mind blown by all those movies. So. <laughs> I, you know, that's that's the thing that's really interesting to me when I think about things like Westworld and you know, like like those mm -hmm. kind of future experiences, like it my mind connects like i see it i see that we're going to get there you know like that we yeah. can get there and it's equal parts interesting and terrifying definitely agree with that yeah all right i got one last question for the dev round you ready for this yep sure who would you recommend that i invite to come on the show next oh that's a good one um I'm thinking. So is it like um, with only game industry, right? Yes. Okay. The next person that's coming to the top of my mind. Uh, oh, wow. There are like way too many people. Um, <laughs> I mean, you can send me a list too, but. <laughs> okay. You know what? I think that's better because I know I have a, a lot of people that are coming to my mind, but a person who I know. Um, would be a really good uh, is Taylor Collins. She's also someone who's interested and who's also working on the accessibility space. So she'd also be a great fit. I know Taylor. That's a good suggestion. Yeah. All right. I'll send you a list for sure. What's that? I'll send you a list for sure. Okay. There yeah. are like so many people I know would be really a great, um, you know, you, you like you love listening to their stories. Okay. That man, I, that's my favorite part. Like everybody has a different story and yeah. right down from like why they got into it, why they care about it, how they got started, what they care, you know, like what their focus is. It's, it's always interesting because somebody out there needs to hear everyone else's story that's doing it. Right. And I, I love that we get a chance to kind of present that to people. Definitely. Yes, I agree. All right. So. You've been doing an internship at Epic. You were there for six months. As that was, I'm curious about two things. As that was coming to an end, was there an opportunity for it to turn into something different? And if, or if not, what, what kind of, what were you looking to try and do uh, elsewhere at that point? So, um, <clears throat> um, I think it was six months down the lane and I was also in a difficult situation at that point in time because I had to, like, you know, things were getting really intense with planning for my wedding and family were like, what are you going to do? Like, how long is this going to keep going? Because he's here, you're there. 
yeah. what's going to happen and everything. So I kind of ended my internship like I think five days or six days earlier because I uh, they already fixed the date for my things. So that kind of left me in a very spot and I did not have much of, um, what do I say, like um, something to continue back um, in Epic. So I knew at, at one point of time, like I come into a situation like this. So what I did was um, I started to like apply outside, mm -hmm. but because of um, the networking skills that I had, and and the contacts that I made in the industry and the people I already know, uh, not really just from my industry, like as in like my area of expertise, but also elsewhere, were really kind enough to um, recommend me as they came across like uh, different positions. So um, I started to apply, and um, it was it was the first time when I actually walked into a Microsoft store. Um, I went in to pick up a device, my brother-in-law actually. So um, I went in there and I had already applied for like a lot of positions online and um, I met a couple of people who worked there and I asked them like, you know, hey, can you give me um, like, you know, a contact to like a recruiter or someone who I can reach out about like the positions that I applied for. And they were like really nice because they really gave me a contact. And I, I think it's like you just have to gather up all the courage and just go and talk. Like sometimes I myself don't, um, you know, I, I hesitate sometimes. So my mom was there with me that day. She said like, no, why don't you just go and ask because you've just been like, you know, whining around and like you've applied and you're waiting. <laughs> and and I, I, I kind of like had like six months before my um, first work authorization like permit expires. So I had to get into a more permanent job before um, June 2020 in order for me to like um, get like a two year extension to work in the US. So I was going through a lot at that point. In time. So and I this was all pre COVID, right? Like you, the yeah. world was, oh, you know, was normal, like, right? <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But, but when this happened to me, it was like the start of COVID. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, way before that, finding a job was pretty challenging and that made it much worse. So one good thing that I did was to like talk to these people and get a contact um, through like at Microsoft and I reached out to the recruiter and she helped me further process my application. She reached out. Um, we had like a call, like a 30 minute call. And then I had my interview and that's when I joined in um, as a gaming expert for esports in the beginning, like May, May 11th, 2020. So, you, I mean, like, it was super hard for me till then because I would have applied for over 400 jobs and I would have got over, like, 250 to 300 rejections. So, I mean, every day I wake <laughs> up to all I was, like, looking at was, like, rejection emails. And I, I could definitely understand because of, like, you know, my, my very less experience in the game industry, but I did have previous experience working for Amazon uh, back home in India for three years as a visual designer. So... Oh. That did not matter much, but still, like, Epic Games made a huge difference working there for, like, six months as an intern because a um, lot of this, a uh, lot of, like, you know, my experience getting into Microsoft was, like, based off of that. So they were like, okay, you work there for six months, we'll get you into an entry role, and going forward, we'll see how you perform, and then we'll keep, like, you know, promoting you. And uh, I think May 11th, that's when I started, and then... Um, I got to be an education engagement uh, lead 
esports. So I was particularly focusing on like the Florida community, um, like schools, and I was working with a lot of these education departments to build esports programs for them. And um, after that, I think last February was when I heard that you know I came into an entry role, so they wouldn't like sponsor visa for me. and that became super tricky for me yeah and, which i did not know i i mean like when you apply you can like you know given saying that you are looking for sponsorship um but then like after that it became very tricky for me again i started to like you know um apply internally because i was very stubborn about staying at microsoft i really love the culture and how the work ethic is there and um and that's that's like a place for like a lot of opportunities as well so i decided to keep applying internally and uh meanwhile i became a program manager for game pass team uh with the xbox game pass team that was like a career experience for like 6 months that i got to work with that team and then i landed in the production department with the xbox third party publishing team okay so like what kind of okay yeah so i want to touch on this so i want to dig into this a little bit because yeah. the i get a lot of, i get a lot of questions that i don't know how to answer about visas and kind of what that situation yeah. is like right so you're you're ending your time at epic you and for those that don't know you you have to be sponsored or have a green card right like you have to have some kind of ability to be here and work here and cool. and a lot of bigger game companies will sponsor people right and they'll they'll do that that process for you um but it's it can be tough right like that that's that can be it can be tough to convince a studio to say hey we're going to go through all of this extra process for you instead of someone who already lives here that we don't have to do that with right so i have yeah. to imagine that's at least part of a conversation right definitely because that that comes up when um so when you get interviewed right like for example um, the seven rounds of interview that i had with my each time i was jumping into roles at least the minimum four rounds so um at the very last i keep getting the same question like you know what should we hire like you know what what would you bring new um to to the company and and to the team and um like you know with sponsorship and everything they are pretty good at that actually because they've come across a lot of international people so um they really um they really like you know uh, pick talent i would say and 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 especially like with me i had like more than one um skill set that i can offer for um the team so that was one thing that really standed out my behavior because i can i'm i'm a manager right now but at the same time i can like dive deep into like anything technical as well so it's not just like working with like game studios to you know see from uh, game concept submission to like you know end to end submission like till uh, publishing so i i can even like sit and help them with their uh, if they face any issues with their development so that's that was one thing that really stood out which is what my manager was telling me uh, when he hired me so and and he is he's like how how do i say um it's a blessing to have him as a manager because he's going through a lot as i'm going through a lot with the whole uh, visa process so it's it's pretty new for him um i'm like the first indian in his team and he's never had to go through any of this visa process so they've been like super supportive and and it's like you need to have it's it's called h1b so you need to have h1b in order to like work here um, and keep getting extension for that for like you know a couple of years until um you can get hold of your green card 
So that's the trickiest part after you get like an initial um, work authorization because you studied here. So if you come here for like a STEM program, you get like three years of um, work experience, sorry, um, work permit mm -hmm. that you can use to like get experience here. First year doesn't have to be paid, but the last two years it has to be paid. And okay. then from there on, it's to the um, up to the employer to like, you know, uh, keep you here or send you. Interesting. So yes. what, uh, this is my ignorance asking, I'm, I'm curious about this. What are your options outside of employer sponsorship? So let's imagine you, you can't find a, a sponsor through work or l let's say you're, you're laid off tomorrow, right? Like you, what, what do you have to go through at that point? Is, is it really just find a new job that will sponsor you? Yeah. Oh, wow. Find a new job. Okay. Yeah, find a new job that will sponsor me. I'll have like 90 days before I find another job. So otherwise I have to go back home. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. Man. <laughs> that's a, uh, that's, that's such an interesting thing, right? Like it, obviously something I don't have to think about or deal with very often. Uh, but, but I get the questions a lot and I never know how to answer them because like, that's not something I've ever dealt with. I, I completely understand that, but, but yeah, I mean like, um, it's how do I say um, if you decide to move to another country, you just not only have to worry about like, you know, how successful you're going to be, but also like how successfully you're going to like keep your um, status there. So there are like two things to worry about. That's like, that takes a lot because you have, I, I don't remember. I, I think every time I get into this whole visa situation, I have like tons and tons of paperwork to do. So I have <laughs> I to like set my job aside and sit and work on that. And, and it's, it's a lot to be honest. It, it sounds like it, it sounds awful. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. so, so let, I, I'm, I'm curious quickly now, now that your, your husband is here, I assume I, I have an idea of this answer, but what is your long-term goal? Like, what, like, what do you, where do you see yourself in five to 10 years from now? That's actually a really great question. So I have this, um, I don't know. I'm obsessed with this. I want to work for like, um, every company that I, I, I mean, like every game that I really enjoyed. So I have a couple of, uh, companies that I have at the top of my mind. I'll slowly start to like, um, aim for after I have a more permanent, uh, visa situation, because now I cannot afford to like jump. Um, anywhere, but like five to 10 years down there, I'll tell you my five-year goal. Five-year goal is like, first of all, I want to get up to the executive producer level and I, I want to be able to like work for a particular studio. Um, 343 is one of the studios that I am aiming for. Okay. Uh, Moyang. Um, so these are like the top of my mind and um, eventually down the lane, I want to put a studio back home in India and give more opportunities for people back home. Interesting. In my country and, and like, you know, uh, teach them about how, what is like, you know, game design and uh, what are the things that they can learn. I'm trying to find a collaboration between sale and like my university. So we can like have that cross collaboration and start to learn more about this degree program and also give them opportunities to like, you know, build games and um, publish there because one of the major things that even Microsoft is doing right now is, um, trying to put in talent in like every country. There's like an incubator program that's going on. So I know someone who's in Bangalore who's actually like working with indie developers there. So using all these opportunities, I want to open up to going forward. Okay. 
do you see yourself eventually moving back to India or are you hoping that you stay here? Well, I'm hoping I stay here. Yeah. Okay. I'm just curious. Like it's, uh, I, I could see it either way, right? Like, I mean, it's, uh, kind of depends on what you, you know, want to do ultimately and who knows, right? Like five years from now, your overall perspective or potential opportunities could change how you feel about that. Definitely. Yeah. And, and plus, um, I know there are, there's like so many talent back home as well. I just have to like, you know, um, I want to open up a studio, like, you know, keep a lot of people who are willing to like, you know, um, take care of it and then like I'll just drop by uh, once in a while and like you know but I'll keep remotely monitoring that and and my dad's an entrepreneur so I think that's like the urge for me also to like open up my businesses mm. um, there within me so yeah so uh, Fully's asked in the chat do, does this does this all make you work harder like like knowing that those odds you know like yeah definitely I think I like you know it it comes with um, being like I like I told you like in a new country right like you have to like keep working hard keep some doing something different like um, I come up with like tons of ideas I don't know how my boss puts up with me but <laughs> I I keep giving him like tons of ideas and he's like you know open up a doc write down everything because I think by the time uh, we accommodate all this it's going to take like next two three years so I I like to be ahead of the game and. Um, Keep, I like to like, you know, take on more projects and keep working hard so that like, you know, I can like keep leveling up and, um, and be where I want to be because I set myself goals. I, I really cannot go into the future without goals. That's something that, uh, a quality that I recently uh, developed and helping me actually be, you know, um, how do I say, like, that's helping me actually be where I am today. And, and, and my plan's been working well so far, like. That's it. So, so yeah. Nice. Yep. You know, it's, I, I want to, man, it, it's interesting to me how, you know, someone who is very, very motivated and, and determined, right? I think that that's a, a lot of why you've kind of, you know, made your way to where you are, right? Because there's a whole lot of like, I'm just, I'm just going to do it. Or like, how do I do it? Then I'm going to do it. And so, yeah. so when you're in this, so in the position that you're in now, what are you mm -hmm. thinking about as far as like, obviously you're like, I want to do the best job that I can. I have this five-year goal, but like, what is your kind of daily thought process with your work? Are you focused in like just doing this thing that I'm, that I'm assigned to do the best that I can? Are you like, you know what? I need to find ways to branch out and improve my overall skill set. Like what, what do you kind of think about day to day? Actually, a great question because uh, I had a one-on-one -on -one with my boss today, and and he he was like suggesting a new project for me, and then he was like, "Listen, I'm doing all this because I know you you cannot just I'm I find it very hard to just do the job that's given to me because I always keep thinking out of the box, and I tend to like you know branch out real fast. So my boss and then uh, my the director and my team and his boss like everybody has this concern that. I will soon like, you know, um, keep jumping uh, to a different team. So they keep, uh, they, they make sure that they do their best to like find me um, so, like, you know, new work. So my boss came up with a new idea today and, and it was part of like what I was telling before. So, so that like, you know, I have, I already have like four projects in hand. So this is another one. So he's keeping me really busy for the next year. So, so yeah. That, that totally makes sense. 
I, I I mean every day it's like I have my day to day work. I support fourteen studios, but at the same time I make sure that I have a pace that I finish them up with. Like um, I keep some time where I can like finish all these, uh, and then I can jump onto like other projects that I'm working on. So that like I'm just not fixated on what I do day to day. Okay. I want to talk a little bit about what you do day to day and as specific as you can be, right? Like I'm definitely not looking for any information you can't give us, but as an example, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Cowabunga collection, right? Like I'm a huge TMNT fan, have been since I was a kid. Uh, This is a game that I, that I plan to pick up soon. What, what is your involvement on a project like that? Like what, what did you do? Sure. Yeah. So that's what Konami, yeah. So um, um, I work with the studio. So uh, let me begin. So when they decide to make this game, they first, uh, like, you know, I mean, when they decide to, like, publish it in Xbox platform, right? So they bring this game to me. They talk about the game concept. They they kind of, like, give me an overall idea about, like, you know, what demographics, what psychographics, like, what target audience they have. Um, how exactly I, I see a little bit of the gameplay they kind of give me an idea of when they are planning to like completely uh, finish it mm-hmm. and um, when they are hoping to uh, like you know publish it in the xbox platform so they have we have like a couple of you know uh, agreements that they have to like wrap up first so i approve the game concept goes back to them they finish a couple of paperwork they get back to me um i kind of like uh, test the the certifications for the game so like you know the the versions that they submit before we publish it before we publish it onto our platform um it goes through our internal tool for testing to see like you know there are no bugs and everything works perfectly in our platform and then i head back to them with the approval and then we uh, we have a particular launch date that we uh, aim to target um, like retail as well as like you know digital and then I help them like publish that so pretty much like the approval process and and sometimes they do have like places where um, they they test in like sandboxes and everything that they get stuck with so I help with the development team to like you know fix that so pretty much I get really new new questions every single day so it's not like okay this is like I start from A to like Z and that's what happens every day. Like while that happens, I have like tons of questions that come my way. So I, I do a lot of the support engineer role as well. So you probably have several projects that are in various level or various uh, points of progress throughout this, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you probably work, I mean, you're probably working on several things now that we will eventually find out where, you know, we're through this process and will be shipped that you had a hand in help getting on Xbox. Exactly, yeah. Gotcha. So I have, like, I think close to, um, I work with um, 14 studios, so I, I have somewhere in the next six months, like, at least 11 um, games that I'll be shipping you. Oh, wow. So, yeah. okay, so so tell me about a standard day. Like, out of out of those, say, 11 to 15 projects, on a single day, how many of them do you interact with? We interact with pretty much um, six to seven studios and close to at least 
um, two to three games per studio. Wow. That's yeah. So, so you have to be someone in this particular role that's really good at, you know, like spreading out your workload, right? Like I, mm -hmm. I, I tend to be someone who likes to focus on a particular thing, right. And, and get that thing done. In this case, you're like, Oh, you got to change gears a lot. It sounds like. Yeah, I have to. Um, and, and, um, you know, forming partnerships is one of the main thing and maintaining those partnerships is one of, uh, key, um, things that happens in my role. And also like communication matters, like everything has to go out on time. And um, every query that comes my way, I need to like be very active and um, prioritize according to like high to low, and get them out, um, on time. So we have like a standard um, SLA for queries and then we have like SLAs for, SLAs for like, you know, um, like different submissions and then like when it's in production and then when it's coming to like the publishing phase. Interesting. So is there anything about your current role that you're not doing that you wish you could do in game development? Like, is there something you you feel like, oh man, I wish I could do that, you know? So right now, since I'm on the publishing side, I kind of am in like, how do I say? Like I am focusing on a lot of games and a lot of studios. I want to be able to like be with a particular studio with a particular game. So mm. I want to get that full development experience um, going forward. So that's one of the other things that I'm also aiming for. That totally makes sense. Is yeah. that um, is there an opportunity for you to do that there at some point, or do you feel like you might need to find something different? Um, no, there is a lot of opportunity for that um, here at Microsoft. So um, that's why I'm trying to like get really good in the publishing space. Uh, face because I know eventually when you are a producer um, for like um, a particular game for a particular studio you have to eventually know about all this as well so I think I'm I'm at the right place starting out to know about this then I can like go back to um, doing a proper producer job okay and is that is that kind of your what you're trying to do like you like you're you're are you actively moving toward that or it's more of like a if that opportunity presents itself, you're open to it. Um, actively moving to it. Yeah. All right. Just yeah. curious. Cause I got like, there's so many different things to do in this industry. Right. And that's what yeah. I tell people. Like if you're in this industry, you're probably capable of multiple things, mm -hmm. but then there's certain subset of things. Where you're like, that's what I really want to do. Or that's the thing that I haven't got to do yet. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I, I that's my bigger picture of hoping um, it happens sooner than later. Yeah. It, it's also, it's one of those things where uh, people that are first getting their job in the industry, I, I try to help them understand, like, there's a lot of roles to play. Early in your yeah. career, you need to play the role, right? Like, you need to yeah. to do the thing that they need you to do and, and to get, the ex and get that experience. But, you know, you can always be thinking about the thing you're trying to work toward and trying to, you know, maneuver yourself or build the skills to make you more desirable in that role. But, you yeah. know, early on, you're probably going to do a bunch of things that aren't the top of your list. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think I'm not able to hear you. What's that? Oh, yeah, I can hear you now. Sorry. Did you lose me? Cut off. Oh, no. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, I think it's my end. Uh, I, I was just saying, you know, like it's, it's one of those things where 
you early in your career, you want to make sure that you're as versatile as possible, right? And then eventually start moving into the, the roles that you want to do. You can't be so picky early on, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's that's definitely a hundred percent true. I I was I I came to hear. I think somebody at full sale told me that please don't be picky at the beginning of your career. Like make sure that you learn, enjoy what you learn, and um, have at least like minimum two um, to three skill sets that you can put to your best use um, in a in your very early stages of your career so that um, you know when recruiters reach out to you and you talk to them they still want to like keep learning you know uh, what else you know what else that's that's all I kept hearing like you know what else um, what else is new what else is uh, what else can you like you know um, work on so yeah. Um, and I, I know that now I'm on the platform side. Um, I wanted to be more on the um, uh, game development side, but but this is also a very major experience for me. And I, I feel like I'm really at the right place um, because of how much I needed to know about this. Um, because when I was also eventually uh, like applying for producer roles, like associate producer roles, and I was getting interviewed, one of the main questions that I came across was, um, about publishing like you know what do you know about game publishing so yeah. what do you know about like different platforms and um like there were like a couple of questions on those bases that i was really struggling to answer because i did not have a clue but then i i learned about that from a couple of people i met so again networking was really helpful i met a couple of executive producers who worked for um like a um, couple of games like halo and then uh, flight simulator her name is Lani Lum. So she, right now she moved to EA, but um, she was there at Microsoft for like over 12 years. And she taught me completely about publishing, like, you know, first party, third party publishing. And she um, helped me understand the pipeline, how the process works and everything. And that's when I was more strong uh, in applying for roles within the publishing side. And was able to that's a... It, what you've touched on is the importance of mentorship, no matter where you are in your career. Right. Yeah. And so I'm curious, is this something, and I think I know this answer because I think I know you well enough, but is this something <laughs> that you pursued or is this something that, that was kind of a situational thing? You know what I mean? Like it, it, yeah. it can be difficult to like, Hey, be like, Hey, I need mentorship. Right. Like, yeah. like how, how did you go about, cultivating that relationship once you're in your career yeah um so that's actually a really uh, great question so i pursued this i i was like you know it, i did not do this just because i was so desperate to land in a role that would sponsor me but i was very much um you know willing to like learn as i was like um applying internally and um i think the first person at work i met uh, was john henderson he's still a mentor of mine and he's really awesome. He connected me with a lot of people at Microsoft. I, I think I networked with over 250 people. We have like a Viva Insights tool um, that helps us to like, you know, see you know, how many people we networked with. So um, I kind of like saw that at the end of my, uh, like as I got promoted, like, you know, how many people I networked with in order to land in this role. And every time I spoke with them, I learned about their team. I, I did not go asking them for a job because that's something that I never do. I just told them that, you know, I've been actively like applying and I just want to learn about your team and your role. And they kind of like, you know, um, talk to me about their team and like, you know, what their day-to-day -day looks like. And 
then I still reach out, like have a couple of sessions with them to learn, um, you know, what exactly the team does. So that's how I, I came across a lot of teams within Microsoft. And then like finally the most, um, um, how do I say it? I learned was like about publishing and that was actually like um, something that really caught my eye and I wanted to like keep learning more. So I looked for like open opportunities within the publishing side. And I yeah, that's, that's awesome. Do you, you once, so you, do you always look for, uh, let, let me think of the right way to phrase this. Are you constantly looking for mentors for specific areas that you're trying to develop? Or is it more of like a, Hey, I've met someone I think could help me with something and let me try and cultivate a relationship with them. Um, to be honest, I I am constantly looking for like mentors because I am loves to learn something new every day. So and and even when I'm like you know attending conferences or like just like team meetings or like just collaborating with other teams and if I someone um who has who's like you know talking about their passion or like who's talking about their work and if they've done something. Um, very impactful in the team. I, I go to ask them, like, you know, hey, how did you do this? And like, you know, what motivated you to do this? So from that on, um, from that point onwards, like, you know, I continue to like, you know, ask questions and learn from them. That's like again one practice that I learned. I would say um, when I was constantly like networking with with Deanna, with Tom Lacroix, uh, Maya, and so many other people uh, who actually told me to like keep this as a practice, like have a set of questions and ask them that you will never know like uh, who impresses you with like answers that like want you to keep learning more about that subject or, or that area of expertise so yeah no that totally makes sense all right so we've got about 20 minutes left mm -hmm. i want to make sure that we have an opportunity to talk about the things that are on your mind because i feel like we've kind of covered you know the breadth of, of what you've been doing we've talked mm -hmm. a bit about like where you want to be is, is there anything in your mind currently that you're like oh we haven't touched on this um i um i don't think so everything i mean like we, we did talk about like from my time back home and coming here so I think everything is spot on till now. I one question I'm curious about, and this this yeah. is a little more of a of a, of a personal question. I sure. I didn't know that your husband was with you now, right? So so what what is that like? Because you know he's he's re relocated his life to be with you while you're doing the thing that you want to do, right? And mm -hmm. and I know that a lot of people that are interested in this industry are curious about like. How, how does a spouse fit in, you know? And so what, like, what has that experience been like for you? Um, I've prepared him for five years now. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, like, you know, I know, I mean, like, it's, it's a big um, sacrifice he had to make. I've done a lot of sacrifice as well in order to, like, you know, be away from him and the family. Um, but um, I made sure that as I learned, I kept like teaching him. I said like, you know what, if you come here, this is what we needed to do. Uh, and uh, this is how we need to like, you know, uh, make sure that, you know, once you land here, you get a job. So he actually, 
to be honest like he just got a job so he's inside like talking with someone about the next step so <laughs> nice um, he, yeah he's he's been um, here like i think it's been like a month now and he officially got his dependent visa also to move with me to canada so they gave him an open work permit that was helping him also to like start his career here nice so um so yeah i've been like preparing him for 5 years now i said it's not easy there's a lot of stress involved and then i i i saw him breaking his head for the last couple of days after he gave his interview so um but now he's like finally happy now it's a, it was a big change for him and um he was not really very happy at the beginning he was like what do you expect me to like do here um and and then like as he saw what i was going through and uh, how much like i was able to accomplish he said like that's motivating me now also to like keep aiming um for like you know different roles and um, and he's like interested in studying too so he's right now like in he's going to start work next week but then like uh, he's he moves back to the us with me again it's going to be a change for him so he wants to like start to look for like a masters program that he can do here okay nice that's that that is really interesting to me right because that's uh this industry is really hard on the individual that's doing it it's yeah. it's even harder on a significant other like just in general and yeah. you know it's especially with you know when when longer hours can come you know we're finishing a project whatever that is we yeah. we we often don't know when our stressful times are going to show up and uh having a supportive spouse is really important or significant other but you know yeah. they also have their own desires their own dreams their own you know things they want to do so that's that has to be a constant conversation yeah i think um i think like 2017 when i decided to move here the first thing i was very clear with him was what do you want to do i mean mm. i know what i want to do but i don't want to like put that on you and expect you also to like move in the same direction yeah so i was like you know what do you want to do i'm ready to like support you like you know um, cheer for you as to what you want to do and i help you the best way i can so um i think at that point of time he was like i don't have everything figured out right now we are the same age so he was like i don't have everything figured out right now but then like um he was working for amazon back then and um he said along the way i think i will slowly like find my path and then he he's still fixated on doing a business but he's right now very focused on like working on the supply chain uh, management field so he said that's where i would be so i kept like encouraging him with that we we've had hard conversations like you know we have had our stressful like conversations and days but one thing is because i've lived the last 5 years all by myself and i had to like you know um put taken all the stress and handled it by myself i had like really supportive friends back in florida and um right now in washington so all of them have been like a huge pillar of support for me you know like whenever i get like emotionally drained and like um when i get really stressed out so i think those are the bonds that really help us to actually like be more focused and be more as a family and i and 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 very recently to be very honest like we made couple of uh, friends um like they are also indians right from uh, washington and i think this last year they have been like the biggest support for me mm. because um my husband he wasn't even here he had to go back and forth and i was in a very stressful situation so 2022 um 
I think it was February was the last chance for me to apply for like a work and I got like my job like five days before that. Oh, and, wow. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, it was like neck to neck. But then so everybody, uh, we, we play Katan every weekend. So um, they come home, they, they cheer me up and they've always been like, you know, motivating me and they help me for like uh, job hunt as well. I think without all of them, I don't think, um, you know, we would be able to like keep moving on with our life. So yeah. It's been a huge that's uh man you you touched on two things there that are kind of in my head uh together which is finding the right way to kind of have downtime right or to yeah. recover because yeah. this th this industry is very stressful at times or it, not even necessarily stressful but just like it it takes a lot of your energy you know what i mean yeah. like everything i do and i'm sure that you do by the end of the day i'm tired Right. Like I've been creative or I've been engaged. I've been like in, in something all day long. And I think evenings and weekends and figuring out the right way to make sure that you're recovering so that your mental health is staying where you need it to be is super important. And finding people that help you do that is really important if that's something that you need. Right. And it sounds yeah. like for you, you found that, that good situation. That's, that's really yeah. important. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was, that's actually, I'm very grateful for having them all in my life. Like, you know, because stress is not a joke, definitely. And, and handling it by yourself is definitely challenging. Yeah. And knowing that they were also ready to like take time off their busy schedule and give their time, which really mattered a lot to me and, and, and to my husband. So like, I think that's what got us through a lot of, um, these things and then like even when moving they were ready to help us out and of course parting for a year is definitely hard uh, from your friends but I, I know we're gonna connect back up next year but but like having that support system was definitely one of the key things for us to like you know take everything in a more positive way and like you know okay it's gonna you know pass and we're gonna be good so so yeah yeah, if uh, I want to touch a little bit on the the fact that you're in Canada right now, right? Can yeah. can you touch a bit or touch a bit on like what what caused you to need to move outside of the US temporarily? Yeah, um so my um it's a lottery system like when you apply for H1B and um remember I told you about like you get 3 years work permit when you automatically like you know come for a master's right. degree program yep. here yeah so while you are in that time you keep applying for h1b so it's a lottery system and your application has to get picked in for you to get the next three years of work permit so if that does not happen we we definitely have other options like you know there's uh, there's another option where you can like continue to enroll in a di different degree program and like you know study and keep working like one of my friends, um, his application also did not get picked. So he's doing his PhD now and he's, he's studying and he's working. So that's like, that's one option. And then the other option uh. is like some, some big companies um, like Microsoft and Amazon, they temporarily send you to Canada. If you, you're there, you're still working for Microsoft subsidiary, but with the same team. And, um, and you still get to like, you know, um, process your visa application to come back and you still get more tries for H1B. So. That's interesting. So yeah. 
you're you're doing the same job. You just have to be in a different place, right? Yeah. The fact that we're all mostly remote makes that easier right now. I would imagine, you know, five, 10 years ago, that was a much more difficult endeavor. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, but if, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, please go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, so you're, you're at a, at a point where though, where there's this, this year, like is, is that a, you have to be away for a year, then you can come back or how, how was that kind of structured? Yeah, I have to be 365 days in a Microsoft subsidiary outside the U.S. in order for me to come back um, in either like an L1 visa or L1 is like, again, a different category of visa that you can come back in. Or by the time if the next lottery happens next year and the H1B gets picked, I can come in through H1B or, or L1. Okay. And... Yeah. How often in your current situation will you have to deal with something like this? How often? It's purely based on luck. Like, you know, either like to say, for example, I, I did my master's in 2018, graduated in 2019. So that year I could have applied for H1B, but then I was in an internship position and you cannot technically do that in an internship position. So I missed that year. So people who apply in the first year, there are like so many people who have got it the first year, so they don't have to go through this. So this situation is very likely to happen. Um, so it's not very common. Mm. Okay. All right. We've only got a few minutes left. So I'm curious, is there anything on your mind that you haven't touched on at all yet? And if not, what is some... Well, one, how can people get in touch with you? Because I know people are going to have questions. Like, what what yeah. is your preferred method for people to reach out to you? I'm super active on LinkedIn and Instagram. So, I'm yeah, either one of them. I, should I put it in yeah. the chat? Yeah, definitely throw it in the chat. I'll also take that and I'll put it in the show notes whenever we, we post the podcast version of this as well. Okay. So my Instagram ID is GamerQueen003, not 003, but 03. Um, and my LinkedIn, it says Nivedita Rajasekharan, but I'll, I'll drop the, um, the link. Perfect. Excellent. Yeah, we'll definitely get those added in. Because I, like, like I said, the, I get questions like this fairly regularly, and I never mm -hmm. know how to answer them. So I'm going to be like, hey... I have someone you should talk to. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, please, please do send them my way because I'm happy, more than happy to actually uh, mentor. Oh, I, you know what? Just thought crossed my mind. You said if I, I missed anything. So I, while I was doing all this, I got an opportunity uh, to become a women's, like women in games ambassador. And also very recently um, I got selected to be a mentor for Women in Games International uh, organization. So nice. That was, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. So what what is that what does that involve? Like what is that like? Yeah, I mean, um, so I get to share my journey, mentor people who are currently in the industry or looking to get into the industry, um, who are currently pursuing their masters or undergrad in gaming. So. I've been assigned a um, couple of mentees, so I'm going to start to mentor them from today. Actually, I just started two days ago, so um, I'll be having calls with them pretty much like two to three times a week and 
um, helping them with resume building, cover letter, and um, helping them build their LinkedIn profile, and just sharing general advice on my journey and and if they come across any like you know if they come across any questions or like if they need help with like you know interviews and so guiding them throughout the journey that's awesome the the giving back part is is something i'm super always i love and i'm super interested in so anytime i hear someone getting that opportunity i i love to hear about that same here i i i love giving back to the community and helping um more women be successful in the industry so um that's the one of the reasons why i applied well and i and i think it's it's a great opportunity for me to be um uh, part of the organization nice have you had opportunities to be involved in giving back at full sale yet um from time to time yes i've been um helping a couple of um students like like potential students um who are applying and um and and also like you know i've i've been invited for a couple of um talks mm-hmm. so but i'm still looking to do more but but behind the scenes yes i've been helping out um quite a few people nice we need to get you back for a hall of fame soon i think if you haven't been on the uh the the fun side of hall of fame the presenter side i think i think you'd yeah. enjoy that <laughs> definitely that that's something i would really love to be part of <laughs> nice all right. Thank you. Is there awesome. anything else you want to touch on before we wrap up? Um, nothing at the top of my mind right now. But this has been really great. Um, thank you so much, Jameson. Like I know it's been since like three, four years now uh, that I've known you. You've been like super kind and super helpful. Every time I reached out to you for like questions, and and even today being here and getting this opportunity really means a lot to me. And and this definitely is also a way where i i have shared my journey and a lot of people who are wanting to learn about um you know what i do and what i um, what i've been achieving is really amazing like you know i know a lot of people are like even back home in india who are watching this oh good no i i i super appreciate you just in general but also being here because you're you're someone who i always think of when someone's like when when we talk about passion and drive and like just making it happen like you are someone who decided this is what you want to do and and you did it and and i love that so i appreciate you i thank you for coming to do this this has been an absolutely amazing talk i'm sure a lot of people are going to start to reach out to you as as they start to hear this (laughs) definitely thank you jameson and i'm I'm excited um to meet them and speak with them so awesome well thank you so much for your time i'm going to jump jump off here and say my goodbyes but I appreciate you. Thank you for doing this. And we will talk soon. Sure. Thank you. Take Later. care. See ya. Bye. Hey, thanks for watching. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications below so you'll know when new episodes are ready. If you're interested in the audio version of the podcast, I've got links for that in the show notes for you. And if you want to join us live and get your own questions answered, we're at twitch.tv forward slash Jameson Doral every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern. Have a good week and we'll see you soon. The, the game that has the, the biggest chance and is one that I think about often right now, for those that don't know, uh, the Three Kingdoms era is like my favorite game history, like, genre, period. So Three, Kingdom, Three Kingdoms Total War is like the game for me if I'm going to play an RTS. And so like every now, like about once, once or twice a month, I'm like, I really should fire that up because 
that's the one that's gonna get me into it but i just i just haven't done it yet word i did like dynasty warriors me too it, it, like, like 